0: Hello, and welcome to Life on Purpose, with your host, Deb Coletti, a weekly radio show featuring conversations with successful women who have shown bravery, integrity, and independent thinking to lead a truly rich and rewarding life. Produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network, for Hear Women Talk. And now, here's your host of Life on Purpose, Deb Coletti.
1: Hi, I'm Dev Coletti and I'm your host of Life on Purpose, where I talk to fascinating and interesting people uh, today, with me is uh, somebody I've only recently met. Her name is Randy Sharp. She is the uh, founder and the artistic director of a theater group called Axis Theater Company, right here in the heart of Greenwich Village, New York. Axis Theater Company is a very edgy alternative, kind of push the uh, envelope kind of theater group, which uh, Randy has brought her smart, uh, edgy ways. I say it again, but she is an edgy kind of thinker, and she is somebody that impressed me as leading her life on her own terms. She is a theater director, a writer, and also are you an actress? I'm not. You never have acted. I have,
2: but uh, only when I uh, didn't realize that there was another job in the theater that you could do.
1: Oh. Then I
2: figured out that uh, there was a job that was the correct job for me.
1: Wow, that fit. And what is it? Directing. Directing, yeah.
2: And writing the plays. But we only really... um, the directing thing, literally, when I was a kid, I thought, I didn't know there was that job
1: because mm. I was too young. Right.
2: And I thought, well, if you worked in the theater or in movies, you were an actor. Right. And then I just hated it. It never gave me a good feeling. It gave me terrible agita. I never got the payoff that actors get. I never right. had didn't that love feeling. that
1: applause at the end. Yeah, then
2: it got to teenagerhood, and I was like, oh, I was still suffering through this. And then finally, I got into, like, late high school early college mm-hmm. and i was like oh there's like that teacher's job is the job i could have
1: oh being the boss being the but director it's a, it's a
2: different art yeah. form. it's like people say well actors want to be directors or directors are are uh, must be great actors and that's not true it's like saying a painter is a good dancer it's two different art forms yeah
1: yeah say more about that director it's not it's not being the boss i said it's, it's not yeah, well especially
2: not in the theater in movies right. you know movies are a director's medium and and
1: uh, Theater is an actor's
2: medium, but the uh, the director really is shaping the f- the form of the actor's uh, um, inspiration. Right. So what I'm doing is trying to pull only the things that work for the story into one big funnel to make the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, clear to the audience.
1: And listening closely to right. the script and what the, yeah. the actors
2: come with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I imagine it's like a big, huge funnel.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And I let all the things go in the big end of the funnel because <laughs> I'm trying to push them through the very tiny end at the wow. far side. S-
1: so it's sometimes it
2: works, sometimes it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, what, what made it? What made you know it was your thing? Was it? I a never had a hes- yeah. hesitation. Really. Did I
2: you- never since I was. You know, since I was
1: cogent, yeah, it was what I wanted to do. You're getting good reactions from your actors, obviously. Yeah. They, they respond well to your... Oh, yeah. Cause that's a, that's a real talent. Did you have to study that? Did you have to learn? Um, <laughs> you, there's ways to direct people and well, get the, get two, the worst. Uh, there's two questions. I, the,
2: one of them is, why theater? And it's um, there was never any choice. And then directing was, uh, yeah, well, there's a learning curve mm-hmm. where you learn um, that you can't simply tell them what they're supposed to sound like.
1: Yes, yes. Because
2: they'll never do it that way. Yeah. You have to... Tr- tr- it's like a trick almost, but it's not a trick. You have to sort of guide people into a process where they end up with the feeling, emotion, action that you're looking for. If you walked into a rehearsal and said, yell, be angry, yeah, uh, yeah it yeah. wouldn't make any sense to them. Yeah. They'd be bewildered. That's why having a living playwright in a rehearsal is a problem because they keep on leaning over and saying... Just tell her to be upset. Yeah, and you're like, I
1: can't just tell her to be upset. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So and how do you get guiding somebody to that point? That's got to be history of the character. Yeah, um,
2: t- you know, uh, similar. You know, we use um, we use references. You know, mm-hmm. of different different things that the actor might know, movies or things in their own life or books or books. You know, it's a whole conversation, development period. motivation, Right, all rehearsal. Those, yeah. I hate to use the word motivation,
1: but yeah, yeah motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. an actor's word from yeah. a, a long time watching. We call <laughs> them reasons. <laughs> yes, reasons why you're feeling this. What in your background would you say drew you to that? Uh, is, it, is it in your DNA that you are no a uh, good ability? What was a childhood uh Uh, game you like to play that would be... Well, we used to
2: play pretend games like crazy, but... (laughs) I mean, I've I've always... I've never been afraid to... That's not true. I have been afraid, but I've never been afraid in the end to um, try and fix something that looks like it's not working. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always right, and it's Mm -hmm. not always my business, but that's part of why directing is a great job for me. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's about fixing problems, constantly fixing problems. Right. And... um, I do find that, you know, when I was a kid, I was trying to direct, now I realize that I was trying to direct a lot of things that were happening to me. Like, yeah. I was trying to say, well, no, no, you don't say that. You say something nicer, or you don't Right, you know, right, like right, I, right. I was trying and
1: to... Kind of like an editor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I... In my work, I, I see myself as a generalist, and I do, and I bring in specialists like the actors. I, mm-hmm. I guess it would be, and oversee the general process of something, but know and listen closely to what the the script might be right. uh, for the client or whatever, which is what you're doing with the play for the playwright.
2: Right. Well, the playwright is me. You, That's the in, other. In problem. this case, well, yeah. Well, in, in many cases, cases it's me. Yeah. At, uh, our theater's called Axis Company, and we write most of the material. Wow. And occasionally, we do a. a form of a famous play, or we just do a, a famous written play, hmm. but it's usually, I'm, I'm not going to use the word deconstructed because I hate that word. <laughs> the another it's,
1: word we'll take off the list. <laughs> we have three now.
2: <laughs> it's a form of, of that, that we um, will take apart a play and stick it back together, mm-hmm. uh, examine its form, and then reconstitute it into a new piece, hopefully. And, but m- most of the stuff we do is written by, we say written by Axis, but it's really written by me and taken apart and reformed and by Axis. And reformed, Access, so. right.
1: Is it a collaborative effort to other people? Very yeah. so. Yeah, so your actors get involved. Oh, yeah. The, yeah.
2: I'd be lost without the actors and the designers, and I hope they'd be lost without me, but it's really, really not just me.
1: I see you sitting here that. looking at you, how much it's in your body, and it is in your, <laughs> your the passion of what you do. And yeah, I've never it, wavered from that. So much that you spend eight hours on a Sunday, it yeah. sounds like yesterday, rehearsing, calling, well that, that emailing was an experiment. me from the side, uh, was it no, stage I was left? No, really, was, I
2: was really doing that scene secret.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I was pretending
2: to write notes, actually. Right. I'm, I'm really am- taking notes,
1: the director <laughs> over here.
2: But, yeah, so we, we, do, um, we did have a long rehearsal on Sunday. But usually we have to rehearse in the evening because a lot of the actors
1: have other jobs. Yeah. So... And Yeah, and intertwining that and managing these actors that can kind of be big babies sometimes. Yeah, big babies As
2: they say, the joke is that 90% of directing is scheduling. Yeah. Because, um, (laughs) and it's really true, when you have most, like, I would say... 70% Seventy percent of the actors have steady day jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. and there's getting That's them rough. to call you back and show up on time. And, and how about uh, coming
2: to a rehearsal at six thirty after working all day oh and staying till ten thirty or eleven thirty? That's rough.
1: They've got to be passionate about what they right. do too. So
2: you have to treat them very kindly most of the time.
1: Oh, you must you know? be good. And that <laughs> is a mother's job. Yeah. <laughs> is this Axis your only, is job? My only yeah. job? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So and, and we
2: have other full time employees there.
1: What were you doing just before deciding you're a director? Be, you wanted to college. be a director. And, oh, okay. So yeah. this has been your your life's career? Yeah, which and is then very I worked. Cool.
2: I worked in um, little theaters coming to New York. Like mm-hmm. I was a, I was at the bottom of the. I was like an intern. Then I was a mm-hmm. assistant stage manager, stage manager, assistant lighting guy. You know, like clean up the joint person and and. I don't think you have to do that, but I'm glad that I did that.
1: Well, it sounds like it was your training without going to director school yeah. per se.
2: Well, I took some yeah. courses in yeah. directing, but it was uh, I, I took um, a couple like formal classes in directing, but I did work in uh, many different small theaters before mm-hmm. we came before I came to New York and started Axis, which was. A long time ago
1: now. Yeah. Was it uh, was there a glass ceiling for being a woman director? We know sure. in the film bil- business it's like a big deal we finally had an Academy Award winning yeah. director. Tell me that course and as a woman.
2: Well, it's um there's another pretty successful woman called Elizabeth Lecomte who runs the Worcester Group in New mm-hmm. York. So yep. she's kind of my idol. She's right. many people's idol who don't do linear plays. And um, she, interestingly enough, there's a rumor that she might have also started the theater with her own money, even though nobody talks about that because <laughs> it's the blessed Worcester Group, so you can't touch them. But right. um, I was fighting two things. One was that I was a woman, and one was that I funded the theater.
1: Oh, so.
2: And so our first, in the beginning I did, in the first couple of years at Axis, we were um, really derided in
1: hmm. the press
2: because uh, people thought I was a... A uh, trust fund kid Ugh. who was starting her own theater and was, uh, a, you know, just a fly-by-night person doing she vanity She strikes shows. against
1: you right there. And a woman. Right. Because, oh, it's just my side right. thing. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Ugh,
1: dealing with that. So that was rough. And
2: we we had some pretty nasty press at the beginning.
1: Who was toughest on you? Was um, it the press? The village voice. The village voice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and media in general. How yeah. about friends and people and... and? Uh, no,
2: my my friends, uh, they... No, I never they had. They know that. you, and they yeah. knew
1: better probably. But yeah, people that don't just assume women, money, yeah. you can do it yourself. I but I have a phrase a saying I use for that. Somebody can open the door for you, but you've got to walk through it. Right. If you don't have the chops, you would not be a director and a successful director. Well, well my
2: dad used to say, I can get you. I can get you to meet the guy, but you have to make it on the merits. Was yeah, the expression exactly. he would use? Like, can you make it on the merits? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep, exactly. You, know, you so. got to do the work and right. work hard. As a smart person, I know, Mister Producer, you do the work, right? And uh, put your head down and, and prove that you can do it. And we women seem to have to push a lot harder. It's a long, lifelong story. We hear it yeah. over and over again. I mean, there's
2: an there's an analogy that I would make, which is that I used to race bicycles mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, women's racing is uh, very difficult because obviously there's not as many women racing bikes as there are men. So the women are all clumped together in one field, okay? Which means... And the men are divided into category one, two, three, four, you know, so they can race with their own kind or their own level. So women all have to race together. So not only do you have to be a great athlete, but you have to have a thick skin because Mm -hmm. for the first year and change, you're going to be completely destroyed in every race because you're racing with professional women.
1: Right, right. So, yes.
2: But nobody... So it was like you had to have... All the skills, you know, like you had to be tough, you had to be good, you had to be talented, you had to be, you know, ready to get beaten down, you had to be all those things. That's not fair. Out. That's no, not fair.
1: That's right. You should
2: only have to be talented and strong or something like two things. I always, I think also that black people have that experience yeah. where it's like you don't, you can't just be a talented guy.
1: Have you to have to be super, super, human, talented, super, super human, human. Super talented, super human, super
2: thick-skinned, yeah. you know, in order to get through that.
1: And women, we just, you know, we have those strikes against us. Less so these days, I hope, in our community where we live, but not yeah. everywhere. And fighting that uphill battle, proving, proving yourself. Yeah. I, I am smart enough. I earn to be an attractive woman. And, and I can wear a dress be,
2: and still direct the play. Right. That's
1: a tough, though, you know. That's a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> Say more about that. And well, not having to be butch and, and yeah. act like a man we can be girls so you get stuck in that <laughs> yes
2: you really do and then you have a problem where if you are successful happy and you have your own money what are guys thinking about
1: you yeah right? Oh, and that's a whole category we can go into okay. that is a serious one and we can get into that when we come back from a break I'm Deb Coletti here with Randy
0: Sharp you're listening to life on purpose with your host Deb Coletti we'll be right back after these messages Welcome back to Life on Purpose. Once again, here's your host Deb Coletti.
1: Hi, we're back, and before the break, we were talking about the fact that strong women have a hard time finding like kind, and they often shrink to fit. Right. Uh, they dumb down to the man. They're often working people mm-hmm. that they hook up with for a year or two, and those relationships don't necessarily last forever. Right. Because they're not balanced or not equal. Um, I have three things, and you know, I always say when I counsel people, they have to match you in some way, one of them, and adore you and, and right. make you laugh, or my other two, but match you in some way. When somebody's out of balance in that way, it's really hard. And uh, to be a strong woman, it's really hard to to find that, that like kind. I think that guys,
2: um, or my experience has been that, and women also do this, that they Guys think they want an independent girl, yeah. but they don't really know any, because the, a lot of girls and boys do this. I
1: pretend, like that we're saying girl and boys, not men and women. I always do that. <laughs> Me too, I like it. Yeah.
2: But um, pretend to be independent, to be attractive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think guys are very surprised mm-hmm. when they realize that you really were that person, and that they really are dating or living with or with somebody. Who really does want them to do their own thing and is not to make an effect or whatever? They really feel that they really don't need to talk to you every single day. They don't, right. you know
1: what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, and they can fix things on their right. own. Right,
2: and they, they don't weren't need pretending. Your, right, you know. So that that's something that I certainly experienced all the way up until the most recent man. Was yeah, like that. People just think, oh,
1: she's, oh, geez, she really doesn't need me so much. And was that intimidating to him when he saw that you are so self possess, not to, not to him, no. Not to him, no okay.
2: Hmm. But he's he's a different kind of guy.
1: Yeah, so he could handle it. But it is true. It's hard for men to handle women's success and to not feel somewhat emasculated. And also the money thing is a big issue. Yes. Oof, that's you know? got to be, yep. Yeah. If you do come with it with your own success or history. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Say more about the personal life because it's got to be a fine balance when you are so passionate working extra hours in the middle of a play or about to go on um, with something. How do you balance uh, your life to keep it?
2: Well, strangely, the guy that we're talking about, I was with him for, I guess, 11 years. We we, um, are still, we separated four years ago. I'm getting to to your answer. And we're still best friends. Like I talk to him every single day. I think maybe... Maybe we were meant to be in this relationship and not the other. I don't and know, because it, nothing really changed. We just don't live together. Right. And we're not dating, I guess. <laughs> but uh,
1: but you're still connected and deeply, need to be. Yeah, deeply.
2: So what happened was it worked out really well because he was touring with a major rock band. Mm-hmm. So he was gone yeah. a lot. <laughs> so,
1: so it was a failure. Yeah. No, it o. was worked. perfect because it he worked. was gone.
2: Right. Ah. So we didn't have this constant, like, living together tension. He was gone for two months at a time, which is fine. I get that. We okay. get, uh, get that, having fine a distant relationship. Me. And but, yeah. um, I think it's what kept us together for 11 years. How do you balance your your, your personal life? My personal life consists of my house the theater and the dog park <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have two dogs which yeah. enrich your life a lot yes. I, i'm guessing i've two seen Jack um, Russell, yeah. when i met you they were sleeping in your arms yeah. both of them It's yeah. adorable they're extremely kind and your babies by choice yes yeah. and uh, cho- uh, children do you do you have I can children tell you about that. Sure, tell me about well, children I'm, or I'm 47 right
2: um paul i can say his name paul and i were together all this time when i was 38 mm-hmm. i thought this is the guy that I would have yes. a kid with, even if we were not together. That's the father. We started trying to have a kid. Nothing happened, and I was so stupid at 38 and 39 that I'd, and 40 and 41 that I didn't go and see an IVF person, Right. but I didn't. Okay? Yeah, but you didn't. First. And it was a major error because mm-hmm. I was in total denial about my age or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was in denial about, that I could... I couldn't believe that I couldn't do it.
1: Right, I guess. Physically. Exactly. All your life, you thought also it's just going to happen things. when it's going to happen. Yeah, like, I
2: w- bike racing was really hard. I stuck with it for two years and I started winning. You know, so I was like, mm. "This is going to work." There's no way I can fail. It's a physical. Why would act. I need
1: help? I don't need a right. doctor for that. Right. Oh
2: shoot, so yep. dumb. Yeah. And um, so we tried for like literally four years or something. Then we separated, but not to do with that.
1: Yeah, but how hard right. that is to go through that.
2: So then two years went by. So now I'm 45. Four mm-hmm. in the story, and uh, we decided w- that we still wanted to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I said, "Well, we have to go see somebody." So we went to see the the NYU people who are the best, yes. right, or one of the best. And um, <laughs> this is a good story. <laughs> I hope this is on the topic of stuff you it want to talk about. Absolutely is right. because it is. So we went. You made um, choices. That's I was what about actually I was 45 when this happened. So we had our first meeting with NYU, and they said. Uh, you're too old. And I said, well, we know that. I said, that's not the issue. And then they, they said, um, we don't even, we wouldn't even recommend using your own egg. They said, like, we don't really do that because mm-hmm. you're just so old. Your
1: chances are so low. Isn't that lovely when they just tell you yeah. that point blank? you thank you very little. That. I know. It's true. I respect that that's they were like, business. forget it. Yeah. Okay.
2: Even though they could make a ton of money off
1: of trying. True. They true. said,
2: they said, forget it.
1: Ethics do count. Right. And they
2: said, you know, the quality of your egg at 45 is just right. not happening. Mm-hmm. So, I have a niece that I'm very, very, very close with. So, uh, she offered to do this. This was this year. Wow! Um, it took a couple. It took a year and a half to get this thing going. So she offered to give an egg, which would make wow. it was incredible. Which would make the baby a, an eighth uh, sharp.
1: <laughs> an eighth sharp. We figured literally. it
2: out, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so the kid would be an eighth sharp. So I said, hey. That's pretty good. Yeah. If that's the closest I can get, that's yeah. pretty good. So uh, we tried, and it, it failed. It didn't work. Ugh. But we could do it again, but right now we're sort of talking about maybe the season for children is past. Hmm. And this is something I've been thinking about deeply lately, which is that my regret uh, is not a reason, like, I have deep regret that I made that stupid decision in mm-hmm. my late 30s. Mm-hmm. But is that enough reason to sort of...
1: Force a, a baby into a 50 year old person's life? Right. And it's is it out of regret or is it out of wanting r- to what to have you really, kid. really want right now and that right. you're parsing that so closely is so touching. So, so and that's that really what we're talking about. Like yeah. Me and
2: him are saying, like, is this... He really wants a kid. He's not in any dilemma. Right. He <laughs> okay. will make... Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> he
1: doesn't have any problem. Would you be hands-on dad and yep, take so over totally. while you're at the I don't, theater? I'm not
2: crazy about babies. I
1: love kids. See? And this is a whole thing, too. Yeah, yep. I don't like little babies. Deliver them to me at 8, and we'll be through. I actually like the baby part, but no, I know f- people that are just freaked out by that. Yeah. Three and up for me. up. Yeah. The, when the language happens. Yeah, talk to me, and then we can go. Right, with, yeah. so,
2: and Paul's like, don't worry about it. Anyway, that's a silly he part. Sounds Obviously, great. I would I love this. If it's it was a familiar... I mean, I love babies. I'm really with them. Just yeah. the idea of having a baby is a little bit intense. But I mean. <laughs> he would do it, so he doesn't have any problem with it. But we've been talking about that, I don't know, like, my life is... It, I do regret that, and maybe that's okay, that I, I messed up, I right. made a mistake.
1: Right, and how clear you are with that, and, and I might have the to choices just you made, what that. you said yes to, and what you said no to, which some consequences come with that at the time, right. it seemed... But I was in total
2: denial. You don't know what
1: you don't know. Exactly. You didn't know. It was going to be tough. And I would say to
2: any girl listening to this or Mm -hmm. any woman listening to this, if you are even considering doing this, go immediately
1: and start
2: doing it because you will run out of time. And the decision is really different when
1: you're not making it and exactly and we can start storing your eggs at 30 years old if if you're not sure store them one can nowadays if you can afford it or if you can it's just something you can have a choice about later Mm -hmm. and that is how you can kind of by design P- prepare for your life, because it goes places we never think it's going to go, right. like you thought.
2: I didn't you even consider having kids before that,
1: yeah, honestly. Right, because you thought it would be happen, you know, it happened for my sister, it'll happen for me, right. it can happen when oh, I want right. it to. Right,
2: and then what, what What? Paul said was that he, he. I remember him telling me he was shocked it didn't work the first time, when we were still together, he was like, what? Like, he had the same... After all
1: those years of birth <laughs> control, too, you go, I've been, right. s- I've been protecting myself from right. this. Right. Now, God Well, there's
2: it. some people, speaking of uh, medical things, there's some people who think that it does take a long Long time for your body to relax into trying to conceive mm-hmm. when your whole life has been about trying not to conceive. Not to conceive. You
1: know? I hear that from dancers all the yeah. time and people that are just so tight and and in their careers and business, Mm -hmm. too, and that relaxing into, and and probably the psychology. I haven't heard of that. That's why they say uh, good wine makes good babies. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) A little (laughs) shots Right. Now and then, absolutely. And people that adopt babies end up having them naturally after they've relaxed about having the damn baby. Right. Uh, And then the years that go with it, I mean, it's that whole uh, subject that's been coming up a lot lately about... I love my I love my babies. I hate my life, right. you know, and what it takes to raise a child, and at any age, uh, what you have to give, and how your life changes. But I think there's something great about a conscious decision. Uh, unlike when I was 24, of course, I was having children. I got married at 24, 27, exactly had the first when baby. exactly you should have had a kid. I guess, but it was the way it was being done, and and I love my children. I would never change that. Uh-huh. But I also know, and this debate about people having, not having. It's very, um, I'm glad it's being talked about. It's, okay. people, it's stuff that people are thinking and and not, not saying out loud. There are articles coming out now and books, very controversial, um, but it's a tough one. And as you said, you, you always knew you wanted one and would get to it. Mm-hmm. Some people have the feeling, maybe never, and have chosen not to, or those that have. It's like, ah, it really did take my life a left turn.
2: But a shrink would say, I did make the choice not to, yeah. or I would have done
1: it. That, I, I know, think I there's something to, to that. And there's a little voice in you going, yeah, not so fast. Yeah, yeah. I still love my, my work and what I'm doing, and what does it mean with David? Yeah,
2: uh, Paul. Paul. David. Even though it's funny, because David's I, one I, of my best friends also. See, there
1: you go. I'm channeling <laughs> David. Maybe he's meant to be the father. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, Paul, sorry. You're <laughs> so good at uh, <laughs> uh, That's very interesting. And that, that's, uh, that would change your social life and your work life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's still in flux, that decision. Well, yeah. I mean, we have,
2: um, yes, I mean, the, the reality I, is we could do it again. But, yeah,
1: yeah so yeah. it's in flux. Yeah. What else is in your life that, that makes your life uh, a richer I life? I love to cook. Yeah.
2: And um, every Sunday we do a Sunday supper with all my friends come over and I we love- eat dinner, which is Really
1: fun. Great. but and it's Saturday, a standing order thing yep. everybody knows coming to I Randy's for supper. I sometimes move it
2: on to Saturday. Uh-huh. But. Uh, so Saturday, basically, is uh, the entire day is in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and then Sunday is the dinner. It's funny, I've been doing that for almost, that's almost a year old now, but I always cooked before, it's kind of a big thing.
1: Yeah, is me. that a family tradition? Was your mom no. a great cook? So you, interesting. <laughs> did you do it to be different, like I did? No, I, I just loved it. Yeah. Oh. As an art form? Yeah. It's, it is. It's when I eventually started cooking at 30, when I had little kids at fish sticks and yeah. whatever the hell they could get out of the ice box, and it was I could make up from the ice box. and at 30 I went because my mother was a terrible cook sorry mom but you were <laughs> um and so I didn't want to be like her and hate cooking for kids so I uh-huh. did what I could and then became went to chef school yeah. if I'm going to cook I'm going to really cook and make it and then it was an art form mm-hmm. and uh fun yeah fun, fun, now that's fun. a big d-
2: that's I would say that's the other main thing in my life is that like uh I would say access my dogs in my house and then cooking
1: the creative with well, yeah. the other creative uh, sources which you've got a lot and
2: my house I love I love my house yeah your house No, I have a house on Morton Street yeah oh there.
1: you have a whole yeah. house not an apartment that's yeah. fantastic what a great we live in the West Village not yeah. far from each other which is a pretty lucky I spot to you, be landed yeah that you're in. I'm way west you're mid-West yeah. Village it's very very lucky kids we are mm-hmm. in this Uh, beautiful landscape that we we look out to. I'm going to take a break here now and we're going to come back with Randy in just a few minutes
0: You're listening to Life on Purpose with your host Deb Coletti. Don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to Life on Purpose. Once again here's your host Deb Coletti
1: Hi there, we're back, uh, this is Deb Coletti, your host of Life on Purpose, and I'm talking with Randy Sharp, and we were uh, just during the break talking about um, one of my favorite subjects, do something that scares you every day, (laughs) and uh, Randy's about to do something that scares you, tell tell us about that. Do something that scares you every day is great advice, (laughs) okay, because uh, being
2: any fear-based decision is a bad decision, (laughs) and (laughs) panic never works, those are two (laughs) mantras that I have. Never live by the uh, the maxim of fear. So uh, we, I'm a theater director, but I also write all the music in all the plays. Wow! And uh, we have a running serialized play that we do every summer. We didn't. Do, we're not doing it this year, but about the um, interior life of a man in a terminal coma. Really, it's called Hospital. And uh, every year he goes into the coma in a different manner, and it's this whole four-part <laughs> saga of his uh, his journey to death. It's, it's really uplifting. It's like <laughs> a comedy, yeah, a real and, comedy. Um, I can't wait to see. <laughs> it's probably our biggest success that we've. It has a cult following, and it's it's a big it's a big deal for us. But it has a lot of music in it, so I write all the music for Hospital, and um, all of the songs uh, are available on iTunes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my my so producer, my producer. Um, wanted really wanted me to sing them in a show at axis which is just so totally out of anything that it's i would ever back consider to that
1: performer place you were not liking <sighs> to be at so he,
2: he um arranged for this music night to happen and it's it's this week wow which is um really uh terrifying to me but i have uh paul's going to back me up musically which is like a having a Something to a the net, boyfriend, you know.
1: Now, best friend, right. ex musician, current right. musician. Yeah.
2: But you, I get, I can have uh, at least a mu- like. If I make a mistake, Paul's gonna totally conceal it. But the singing party
1: can't conceal. Wow! And you have a lot of people coming. It sounds yes, like it's well, becoming we're doing a, a big for benefit for benefit. the, for, yeah. the um, for the wildlife and the Gulf. So that is pushing yeah. your, a lot of old buttons Ugh. for the performance.
2: Well, strangely. um this doesn't follow with what we were just talking about, but singing is different than acting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I used to sing uh, in a in a club in in Newport, Rhode Island every, oh, so every Thursday, uh, back yeah. when I was probably twenty one or something. And um, that it doesn't that didn't scare me as much as acting. Like before, I would go on stage to act, I would just be drenched in sweat and pe- my heart would be pounding, and there would be something about music um, that I couldn't click into in in acting, which. Was the song? I always say the song remains the same. Meaning, mm-hmm. no matter how scared you are, the song isn't going to change. Now I guess actors feel that way about the script, huh. you know. But I, when I get scared to sing, and I'm telling, I'm trying to, to give myself courage Channel right now this, by telling yeah. my story. <laughs> um, the song is never going to alter. Simply because I'm scared. All I have to do is take the hand of the song, Uh, and it's going to hold my hand, because it doesn't... I rehearsed it. I know how it goes. I know what it's about. All I have to do There's is, ex- is in that. lean back into yeah. the song. So that's what I always say. The song remains the same. And I give that advice to, to everybody. Like, just because you're scared, it doesn't mean you're not you. Yeah. You still have all those abilities that you
1: had two seconds ago when you weren't scared. Yeah. And what do you think? What is it the uh, the passion for singing that you have maybe more than, than acting? I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's a talent
2: thing. Like, maybe I'm uh, a little more talented at that than I was at acting. So that the talent part tells me how to... Um, Maybe there's trust. Know. It
1: sounds like you're trusting in your talent more, and you fall back into the the the, the that knowledge that you can do. It. Sounds
2: terrible that I just really? said I
1: was talented. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that, but that, I mean, well, you're I, saying you're more talented. Ability. Than as an that's what I mean. Your ability. ability. Yep. I have right. no
2: more ability as right. a, doing that than I do as an actor. I'm kind of a broad comic as an actor, right. <laughs> and that's all I can do. I can't do any serious stuff. I and never that's can. scary
1: when it's broad and comedic, <laughs> because yeah, that it's a high place to fall from. Right. But
2: uh, yeah, anyway. So the singing thing does scare me, and I'm going to be crapping myself on this week when I have to. <laughs> when I have to do this, but uh, you know, when, and then I have that thing that you're talking about, where my shrink used to tell me it was called counterphobic behavior. Yeah. Where um, I get so scared that I get into this place where I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go. I can right. do it. You know, like if I get scared <laughs> in my house because I live alone, and I I get sometimes you know you get scared. Yeah. So you hear something or whatever. And I get into this state where I get completely calm. And I say, all right, let's go. Take if charge. Some, if there's somebody in the house, let's get, let's come on, go.
1: bring it on, let's baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. And I'll go
2: downstairs, I'll <laughs> open all the doors, and I'll be like, let's go. Come on.
1: That let's move, so, move it out. If you're in here, let's do it. You what know, a I'm, great technique in life to how to face fears. Because just come directly to well, it. Well, that's why bring that, to, that yeah. Blair Witch Project yeah. really bugged me, even though it terrified never me. I never saw it.
2: Oh, it's just about people being terrorized. Right. is oh, really scary mm-hmm. to me. And uh, eventually, I just was screaming in my head, why doesn't she just walk out into the woods, the girl, and say, don't scare me, just come here and kill me now. Yeah, just like, get over do with. Don't do all this stuff. <laughs> like, just torture. come and get me, it's enough already. Like, let's go. Yes, you're really scary. Yes, yeah. you make a creepy noise. Yes, you're, you're frightening. <laughs> I, I'm I've admitted it. all just, that just, <laughs> it. just get it over with Right, so that oh gets me God. when people don't do that Like yeah. Just just walk forward and go, I'm scared I
1: like that, that that triggers your yeah. your, your alpha To stand up to whatever that fear is or and my get, counterphobic and get behavior You're counterphobic, oh, yeah. that is funny I will show you, yeah. monster Oh, it's like,
2: bring it on, let's do it uh, right. And then there's that other thing that happens When you have to do something that's scary That happens to me Which is I get to where I'm like, what are you going to do,
1: not do it? Yeah, exactly. What are you going
2: to do, Randy? Exactly. You're not going to do it.
1: I know. I love that one. I say, look, if it's not fun, don't freaking do it. Yeah. If I'm going to complain about a kvetch and make it a big drama, like right. I can do in my head, like this morning, it's like then don't do it. If you're not, if it's not fun, have the dinner party, have right, the thing, right, right, right. have the conversation. It's going to be, you know, life is too short. But you have and to be careful. About, yeah.
2: That you're not doing that because you're scared. Huh, because, see. for instance, we uh, a friend of ours um, shot this uh, kind of uh, pretend um, Cleopatra Jones-style movie <laughs> at Axis. We, we let her use the theater. And she, it was sort of a James Bond uh, campy thing. It's fantastic. It's, fantastic. it's called mm-hmm. Ladies' Revenge Club. <laughs> and um, she, I was in it, and I played like a Marlena Dietrich character. The actress, she's
1: not right. And, well, you movies see it's okay. Guy. It's broad comedy.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, good. So, uh, so I played this like Marlena Dietrich character, and I was petrified <laughs> before I had to go down there. And I was going on this whole thing in my head. On the, I was in the country. I was driving back from the country. And I was saying, well, this is dumb, and this is a dumb movie, and I this is a this is a waste of everybody's time, and I don't have to do this, and well, this is dumb, and oh, the script is terrible, and I was like, okay, shut up, yeah. because first shut of all, front it, yeah, door. <laughs> it, if it's that dumb, don't do it. Right. The re- don't go in there and go, oh, well, I messed up because it's not that great, or I, oh, you know, like don't give yourself an exit mm-hmm. door. Go in there and rock the house yeah. because. Or don't do it.
1: See that work? Did that work? Did it yeah. work for you? Yeah, yeah and I hope just so. I have the Oh, that's fun. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, how do it's? You know, how uh, what do I call it? Um, is it uh, what if up? What if it turns out to be a right. great part and a great show and a great movie? Not how dumb it is or how bad it's going to be. We we be, that becomes our DNA. All that negative talk. Right. And it will be a negative performance if you think it's dumb and bad. But and yeah. then there's
2: also that thing which I I call. I call the exam theory, which is a thing that a lot of people do where they say, well, um, if I'd studied for the exam, I would have gotten an A, but I didn't study. (laughs) So that's what I, and what they did is they didn't study because they didn't want the risk of having studied and failing. And
1: failing and then being. And people do this. Okay.
2: So when I was in the car, I was not studying Mm -hmm. for the exam because I was saying, well, it's a dumb thing and it's a waste of every time. But that's mm-hmm. crap. I yeah, mean, I know. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say crap. Yet. Yeah,
1: we're saying crap, and we're <laughs> okay. saying shut the front door and whatever the freaking <laughs> we want.
2: <laughs> but um, I, you know, I was thinking that's that's lame.
1: Yeah, it is lame, and it's, and weak. it's an excuse. Isn't right. it's, It gets in our way, and it's an excuse not to face the right. the real thing, and and always blaming somebody else. Oh, if the only they, you right. know, or the them's anyway, really, it's that that whole game we and play. And if you really feel that about it, then call her up and say you don't want to shoot it. Yeah, and just be clear and make a decision and clarity begets clarity in that whole thing. It's uh, yeah, and we talk ourselves down the tubes.
2: I mean, I we also made a um, we also the my company made a feature moot film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it was moot. Huh. A,
1: a fe- say that again. A feature film. Okay, I thought you said moot film. No, meaning no. It was, <laughs> okay. no, no, no. It was moot in the end, though. <laughs> no, but uh, really, it's another talky,
2: no, non-talky no. movie. <laughs> we 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 made this. Um, kind of great movie it was our first movie and it was a, a period film which is really hilarious that my first movie was a, it's like I had every possible possibility for failure <laughs> it was my first movie I was a girl it was a period movie it was this you know it was a lot of risks and um but it was a kind of a big movie and uh the first day I went to the set I was sitting in my car and I was so terrified to get out of the car. <laughs> there was like 65 crew guys there and the heads of them I'd hired, but I didn't know who the other guys were. Hey, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sitting in the car with my producer who's also an actor. Right. And uh, I was essentially having a small anxiety attack. Like I was okay physically, but I was really Insight, panicking
1: completely and, undone. And
2: uh, and I wasn't going to get out of the car. <laughs> and then uh, I just said, "Okay, you got to you just got to just just turn the handle of the car door.
1: One you know? thing at a time. Right.
2: Baby steps. Right. <laughs> Do the next right thing. Yeah. So I said, well, just open the door and then stand next to the car. So I oh stood next to the car. And then it. I said, okay, just, just. Just what we were filming in a, in this uh, mansion in Norwalk because of course not only was it a period film but it was a period film about a rich family oh, so we had to have God. all these crazy settings oh, so we were filming sorry. in this um, mansion in Norwalk in the middle of winter <laughs> and I walked up to the to the thing and there's you know like it's like a movie set with I'm not uh, a movie director yeah, I'm a uh, theater a director and there's like lo- all these guys grips and, the and things camera and people the trolleys and, uh, and all the lights pointing food carts. I don't know what any of it is <laughs> seriously. And I was like, okay, how, how can we make this f- sensation pass? You know? So I walked straight up to the assistant director, which is a different job in movies than the theater. Yeah, absolutely. They're really like the stage manager. Yeah. So I went up to the assistant director and I said, come over here for a second. Listen, I'm a beginner, okay? <laughs> I said, what, I, what I'm going to ask you to do is stay by me. And I liked him. He was a great guy. But I said, stay next to me today. And if you see me do something that's not right, just very quietly tell me tell me what's happening. Brilliant. And I basically
1: said that to every person. You told on yourself before right. you got in trouble. That was so smart. And it was... Uh, it, Instead of coming in and being the big bravado, I can do this, everybody, the is here. I know, but, I would see, never but do that. as a woman, you know not to do that. I'm a, you yeah. As a bright woman, a lot of women would have gone in there and done that. A man, I'm not well, that's, so
2: sure. That's just a different fear response. Yeah. My fear response right. was, well, here's, the <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem, solve help me solve yeah. it you guys I don't know what I'm doing except for some stuff like yeah. I said I can deal with the actors and I and, I, and I'm going to be on a steep learning curve with right. everything else
1: right right
2: you know and if, if you see me doing something or if I don't understand something I'm going to very quietly sort of look over at you and you're going to tell me what that thing is like and it only is that I yeah, didn't know right. that they were using and all this stuff it, <laughs> it was crazy oh and how'd it go it went great. Yeah? Yeah, See, it went great. We it, had a 25-day shoot. Uh, <sighs> uh, it's, you know, a long... I can't believe that we shot the movie in 25 days. We shot it in 20 days because we had five days off.
1: Wow. Okay. It was, is, uh, is it available to be seen now? Can yeah, I get it? it's Yeah, it's called
2: Henry May Long. And um, I feel like it was pretty successful for a first... We won a lot of festivals, but second-string festivals. Right. But so what? It was like my first movie that I ever made. Wow. There were definite mistakes. In the very beginning, the first couple minutes, there's some problems. But then I think it kind of was a pretty good effort for my first effort.
1: And how about that day being a very successful day, turning a total panic attack moment and then you built a safety net around you. You told on yourself. You yeah. said, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I didn't at. think of
2: it that way, but and yeah. And you
1: diffused your fear by sharing it. That's going, exactly Guys. what I did, though, Yeah. No, yeah. That's yeah. what I do with my work, too. It's like we don't need to be intimidating and threatening. We can be good at what we do, but it really helps people when they know you're vulnerable somehow. Not Absolutely. weak, but but open and, re- and human because or, we're not going to be perfect and get it all right the first time. My dad told
2: me that the three most powerful, powerful words in the world are, I don't understand. Yes because it diffuses so yes. many situations like yes. i'm sorry i don't i don't understand what you're talking about yeah. that mm-hmm. it or that's the rude one but there's
1: yeah. <laughs> <you> <laughs> that know. had to, that had tone i like right, that right. sometimes it can be very useful but you know if
2: somebody's <laughs> trying to be a big shot mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you can diffuse them because they don't expect you to say that
1: in a nice way too I, yeah I, I don't understand i i just don't understand yeah. say more yeah tell yeah. me more about that no it's true and being uh, you don't have to be stupid blonde and neither one of us are blonde but yeah. we could play one on tv <laughs>
2: I was a platinum blonde for a while.
1: I'm going to be someday, God damn it. I think you have to cut your hair short. A whole lot. I think I have to punk it out or yeah, something. Yeah, long hair is rough. And that would be going white, which I could be doing without the dye any day. <laughs> thank you so much for thank being you with for me inviting today. Me. This is so much fun, and I uh, love learning more about you and uh, how you are living your life uh, on your own uh, terms with a very rich and rewarding life. I have a beautiful life. You do have a beautiful yeah. life, and so nice to meet you, and uh, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. All right. Stay with us. We're going to take a break and be back in a few
0: minutes. You're listening to Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. We'll be right back after these messages. again,
1: here's your host, Deb Coletti. Hi there, I'm back with you, uh, Deb Coletti. And how about that, Randy Sharp? She is something else. Um, uh, It was great to hear the show that I recorded a while back. Her uh, play is about to open here in New York City um, this week, so she can't be with us here for the live chat. But I'd love to invite you in to chat with me, please, anytime. Uh, You can call in 646-652-2071 or uh, chat in the chatted line. As you know, I uh, hear women talk.com. And uh, just to review some of the things we talked about, she is just uh, an amazing person. She said she was 47 years old, yet she's so confident, great confidence and great skills that revealed themselves over the uh, 45 minutes, slowly. I like how she started with, no, nah, I'm not really an actor. You know what? She's an actor. <laughs> she does broad comedies. No, I really, I'm really just a director. Well, it turns out she... Uh, she uh, is a singer and used to sing uh, piano bars, it sounds like, in Newport, Rhode Island, and is now doing a, did a one-woman show, a musical, with her own voice and her own songs <laughs> with her musical director and partner uh, of many years, Buddy, I should say, at this point. Um, but, wow, that is, she's, I love her humble, candid style. Um, and for a very successful woman, That's that's not always... Parents, I have my producer with me here today to share uh, questions that may be coming in or to talk about the interview. Let's say hello. There he is.
0: How <laughs> oh, are you all?
1: <laughs> they can't respond to you unless they do. So okay. I will. <laughs> they are well, and they have been listening. I've been getting some chat ins here. People are responding to the fact that, uh, yeah, she's very candid and funny, <laughs> um, and what a really encouraged how encouraging for young creative people. To, uh, that are breaking into the arts. Uh, someone just wrote in, she's a woman of perseverance, exactly. Lisa. Yeah, and I believe that's what it takes to be successful in the arts, exactly. And where she got that confidence early in her life, and it sounds like she did have some doors open for her, but she had to walk through. And as she
0: said, you know, you yeah. can make the introduction, but you have to walk the walk, you
1: know, and yeah. talk the talk. Make it on the merits, as she right. put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say, you know, someone could open the door for you, but you got to walk through it, and yeah. you've got to have the chops and do the
0: work. Um, we recorded that interview a while ago, and, uh, and 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 it was great to hear her again. I forgot, really, how how honest she was. There was no subject that was taboo, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: She talked about in vitro fertilization, and she is, I think, uh, grew up in a in a life where things didn't always come easy. I'm sure she had rough days, but... She grew up in a nice environment where things were there, and when you wanted it, you could have it. And to be 38 years old and go, wait a minute, do I want to have a child? And, oh, let's defer that. I think we we don't know. You know, as she said, the decision is much harder when it's not yours or when it's out of your control.
0: When the decision is out of your control. Uh, when the
1: decision is out yeah. of your control. Yeah. Um, and that was a real... Um
0: it's a great phrase also. Yeah. You know, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So. But that, but that was—that's right. I mean, uh, you've you've had uh, uh, family members that have tried the in vitro fertilization mm-hmm. route, and and it is a tough road. And Expensive,
1: it's, and as her partner thought, oh, it didn't happen the first time. Right, well, it doesn't and happen you're the first and, time. And
0: it's emotionally what a cost because right. each time you do it, you think the next one is the next one, mm. and 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 it's so important. I mean, you're not just talking about buying a car. You know, I mean, you're talking about. Having a baby, having a child, someone you're going to care for. Right. And so, the, and then the, the, the emotions, disappointment every yeah.
1: month when it's not happening. And what did I do wrong? And what do I, you know, why? why my sister could have a baby? Why can't I? And you just think it's going to happen, but no, nope, not so easy. And I love how she said, is this the season now for childbearing? What an honest reflection on what
0: oh, um, meaning to everything there is a season, you know, it either well, happens or it's gonna happen. It was seen th- a year or so ago,
1: it seemed like yes, let's keep going for it, but now she's addressing that reality that maybe that season has passed uh, and I have to live with it. I Whether gotcha. she's gonna do it again. She yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Which is heart wrenching and sweet and but yet she's still gonna have joy in her life and success and sure. Find the next and, and
0: really self-aware. Actor to parents, right? Exactly. And I really love self-aware. how Diane
1: English said in a in a chat I had with her recently. You know what? I don't have children, but my actors are my children. You know, <laughs> and that's what I think Randy does. I think um, she creates a family. Her, I love her Sunday suppers at, at Randy's. Sure. You know, it's yeah. her
0: family. That's her instincts.
1: You should see her with her dog. She's a riot. They are her babies. A lot of people I know without children. Mothering is an art and a devotion," says Lisa Cranz Thomas on the chat line. It is, and so many people, sadly, or do it by mistake, or I mean, you know, they're not thinking about that. Sex is fun. Oops, a baby. And when you really want one, and so well, many people, people do. Well, I mean, she. Re- that's what I think. Yeah. She
0: recognized at the end there with the season thing. Getting mm-hmm. back to that is that she said. Maybe I just after a while you just want one because you want to yes. have that success. Yeah. But maybe now the time has passed. Maybe now she started when she was thirty-seven. You know, right? Or for the whatever, right reasons. For four years, and maybe right. after that, maybe the time has passed. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's, now I had my son when I was thirty-six. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, it's about my the wife average age these days. All yeah, it
1: seemed later in life. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I had mine early, and because it just, that's the way it went. Get married, two, two years later, you have the first baby. Three years years later, you have the next baby. <laughs> it was, it came easy, and I don't, I've learned to appreciate how hard it is for my sister-in-law right. and for others, right. who finally just had a baby after trying for four or five years at mid-40s. And little was, Jake. Oh, little Jake. Oh, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream come true, and you do, uh, it's like adoption, um, which I've gotten close to people that have done it. To me, that's like, to. That has got to be the most amazing day when that baby, you get that phone call, yeah, and you don't exactly. know when it's coming, Yeah, and this baby <laughs> uh, is delivered to you. Whoa. <laughs> Someone just chatted. That was uh, Lisa 36. Yeah.
0: She makes a great She point. had her
1: first baby, but thank God my life was in no condition. Was in, huh, but thank God my life was...
0: In, in other words, no she condition. wasn't ready earlier. I see. Yeah, Before I, I that. believe that's yeah. what Lisa means. At thirty
1: six, Lisa, it sounds like you're ready. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well we
0: see that a lot with a lot of the people you've interviewed, Deb yeah. or kind had a conversation with, mm-hmm. we like to say. Right. Um, is that they weren't ready for certain things. Ann Kelleher, who's coming up yes. soon, uh changed her life from a successful um, ad agency person and to eventually being yeah. a partner in the ad agency.
1: Creative and,
0: director. And and, and Gave it all up to become an inner city school ki- teacher. Right. I mean, a tough, tough school, and but she was called to that. And as she said, she wouldn't have been as good at it if, if she hadn't out had of the life. At yeah. 20-
1: and you've got your college, your teaching degree, and you go to fifth grade. And you go, holy mother of God, get me out of here! Yeah, exactly. But when she had her life's experience, and did it started at probably age forty, yeah, in her school teacher with all her worldly experience, it's uh, that's a teacher. Yeah. I'm not putting down young new no. teachers, but I think. And I, but is, I couldn't have
0: had uh, yeah. my son uh, at uh, mm. 22, 23. You, you do know? what you have
1: to do, but right. you can't do it as well. My brother at forty seven now has little Jake. He has two older boys. Uh, that are ni- uh, 20 and 17. Yeah. And he is so different with this little baby. He loves all of his boys, but he has the freedom to love this little Jake like nobody I've never... Kn- it's adorable. It's right. the
0: sweetest thing. Right. He's much more relaxed now. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Done
1: and he knows who he is and... Bless these young people. My husband was fifty when my son was born. Everyone thought he,
0: he was his grandfather. <laughs> That's Lisa again. Lisa. Yeah. That's funny. yeah, no, I, I had that. I had the people even saying that to me. I was thirty six for crying out loud. <laughs>
1: well, it's bad when you lose your hair, you look older, oh, son. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> he went with it. I'm um, not afraid so to
0: post <laughs> my picture like some people Dustin, Jeff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point on the chat line. Where are? Where's your picture, boys? I see Eli sometimes, not Dustin. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, the grandfather thing. Yeah, I pretended to be the trophy wife. I actually pretended to be the nanny (laughs) when I was. You've told that story. I did because of the school gate. Gosh, PTA, (laughs) don't make me. Oh God. But it worked. It works. My daughter now is 25, going hmm, She's starting to get very obsessed with having a baby. I'm going relax, breathe, you know. But at the same time, you hear Randy's story. You go well. Maybe we should store your eggs at 30 if you haven't had one.
0: Yeah, but that's that's actually really good advice. I mean, th- she laments that that mm-hmm. she didn't. Uh, yes. Uh, if and and but you know, how do you know to be that prepared? I mean, I think when I when when uh, my wife and I at the time decided to have the child, it was just we thought it was going to happen. And the same thing happened to us actually because. My wife at the time then developed diabetes. Yeah, that's scary. And the doctor said, "No way, no way." Mm-hmm. So we had to wait for uh, you know three or four years before we got that stabilized. Mm-hmm. So, but you yeah, think you the moment to... you're going to do it, right. that it's going to do it. So how can you then go? Okay, I better store my eggs. Yeah, you know, I no. Mean, and who can you, who's going to have not that? Everybody can afford to, exactly.
1: or even the wherewithal to know that you can, which right. is why I'm saying it. But I have a good friend who's probably the leading in vitro specialist in the uh, in New England. And if not the country, and he's all over his daughter her just turned 30. Story your eggs, story your eggs. Relax, she's not even have a boyfriend yet. But it's true. Well, she does now. Dude, she does now and about to get married. Yeah. Cute Alex and Ollie. But um, no, it's an important subject and one we, if we can take
0: control over what we can take control over, um, let's do it. Uh, she mentions that also, the control thing, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, if you're afraid of something, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Not do it? I thought that was a yeah, great, great yeah. attitude. What are you going to do, Randy? Just not do it? Yeah. No, you're going to get in there, and you're going to do the best you can at it. And if it scares you, like your mantra is do something that scares do, you every yeah. day. She loved that because yeah. uh, that's what, you know, just go. Just his, what are you going to do? As Lisa yeah. said, just do it afraid. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> I like that. And, in fact,
1: um, when Randy did do it afraid, she was uh, – She said, but I'm still there. It's still me. I'm just afraid. I still know the song. I'm holding the hand of the song. That was beautiful. I love that little...
0: Hold the uh, hand of the song was a great quote. There's so
1: many quotes. I'm going to post them on my blog. She is so honest, Lisa. You're right. She is just such an honest, uh, uh, vulnerable person at 47 years old. And she'll be like that till she's 90. I know it. But she doesn't take herself too seriously. That is a huge thing. But that is why
0: her art also flourishes, why she's able to... Uh, have this uh, Access Theater group in in, in New York, which uh, people outside of New York possibly don't know. Them, but uh, we thought Randy was compelling enough to to have her on as a guest because of all she's done. But Access Theater is really avant garde, um, very edgy, and very creative. And and what did Lisa just say? I think uh, yeah. she's a great contribution to the world, not only the exactly, arts. Exactly. Exactly. So right, yeah. Well, she she has these artists. She has these. Uh, um, she has. Uh, yeah, she has these uh, uh, actors that she mothers, you know, yeah. <laughs> that she nurtures, and and that's 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 tremendous. But anyway, she just had an opening, and a friend of yours went to see the play.
1: Yes, and said it was very edgy and very, uh, as you heard, she is too very. Uh, it's a
0: guy in a coma, so it's a guy, I mean, he's no, not going to be. No,
1: this is a new one. No, this, this spec- is
0: every year they do the same thing. That's what she this said. is another one oh, called it is? down
1: there. Oh, yeah, and it's a new one that she just directed and did the screenplay for so I mean talk about all on her
2: 90 seconds
1: so um we're going to go see it next week I'm going to bring Mr. Producer man we're going to go see it yes <laughs> yes my treat wow good <laughs> uh some of the other things she said that I loved I'm going to post some of these blogs on the site <laughs> Eli Eli's there but no Dustin um
0: so how can I get in touch with you, Deborah? As the producer, I'm jumping in.
1: Okay. To get in touch with me and to read my blog and to hear the shows archived, you can hear them on Hear Woman Talk Network or you can uh, go to uh, lifeonpurposeradio.com, which it happens to be down at the moment. We are updating it, so it is down for the day, but it, so to speak, it'll should be back up later today. And if not, you can see me on Facebook as well. But please come to the blog. I'd love for you to chat in there with me about all these shows and all these ideas and uh, different things we've learned.
0: You're also blogging, Deb, so you, I am need, blogging. you have more to say than...
1: Everyday <laughs> blog I'm being told to do. And I have, uh, God knows I've never at a loss for words. But, but writing, <laughs> I, I was smoking head during English class, I think, so my grammar's not so great. But I do like up, to write. You're better at talking. Yes. <laughs> but do uh, join me at the Here Women Talk Network uh, blog as well. We have one there. And on uh, lifeonpurposeradio.com. Um, this has been another great week, and I will be back next week at 11 o'clock with, uh, Ann Kelleher, the teacher, ex-ad person. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. So long now. <laughs>
0: your host, Deb Colletti, broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. More information at hearwomentalk.com. Join us next week for another edition of Life on Purpose.